This is the third installment of the Conversation series, and this time three researchers from CTR will examine the shifting and at times counterintuitive dimensions of the concept of religion as a category of analysis and category of practice. They will also problematize the discursive practices of religion as a social force in Western philosophy and the functional dimension of religion as a producer and communicator of meaning, especially in light of religious involvement in post-truth politics, relativization of factuality and evidence, as well as social-political implications of these interactions. Lastly, the episode will also examine the mechanisms concerning constructions of orthodoxy and heterodoxy, as well as heresiology as phenomena. And without further ado, I now hand over the word to Professor Timothy Brick, who kindly agreed to substitute for our regular host, Atornike, for this episode. So today we have three uh, very interesting speakers. Uh, I will introduce them one by one. So first we have Jane Svenningson, who is a theologian and writer. She's a professor of systematic theology here at Lund University. And she received her PhD uh, on the dissertation, The Return of God, a study of the notion of God within postmodern philosophy. Uh, She published extensively on the questions related to religion, and also she received various prizes, one of which is the Karen Giro Prize, which is awarded to the uh, scholars by Swedish Academy for important contributions to popular education. She received it in 2015. Uh, We also have today Patrick Uh, Friedland. He is a professor of studies in faith and worldviews. Professor Friedland is interested in various issues uh, concerning background and implications related to plurality and pluralism. His uh, publications are focused on the investigations regarding freedom of religion, politics and religion, and subjectivity in religion. So issues that uh, address how religion may be understood and described. Our third speaker today is Paul Linyama. He is a professor of history of religion, focusing on the religious world of antiquity and its reception history. So he's currently engaged in a three-year project entitled Who Would Have Read Hersey? A Study of the Scribal Science in the Nag Hammadi Codices. Uh, This study is funded by the Swedish Research Council, and the project is devoted to studying an ancient Christian text collections often associated with heresy. Well, I guess it's also a good time to ask our uh, speakers to unmute themselves, because we will start uh, with some uh, remarks uh, for introduction. At this point, we don't have any particular order. It would be just nice if uh, each speaker will give some opening remarks on about 10 minutes, 10, 15 minutes each, 
regarding their focus of studies, addressing issues of religion as a category of analysis and category of practice, whether they overlap in your research, um, uh, what kind of challenges do you see in studying religious as practices and categories, and uh, some other aspects which you want to bring from your uh, research lines. So maybe we can start with Jane. Okay, so uh, thank you uh, uh, for uh, organizing uh, this event. I look very much forward to it. Um, and uh, well, uh, here are my brief reflection on, on the topic. And um, much of my recent reflection on um, religion springs from a deep sense that we have come to ways end as regards religion then I don't mean religion as such, if there is such a thing. Uh, what I mean by this cryptic phrase is uh, rather, it's is not all the cultist phenomena that the word religion is commonly referred to uh, or taken to refer to, such as prayers, rituals, sacred places, pilgrimages, sacrifices, and many other things. What I do mean uh, when I say that uh, I have... Uh, I think we have come to, to, to ways and with religion. Is religion as a category precisely for structuring social, political, and historical life, such as when we map certain people, customs, behaviors, and so on as religious, and others as secular? Although these are not entirely misleading or inadequate ways of organizing our social words, worlds, they are, not, uh, they are insufficient, I think they come along with an array of other distinctions and associations that lead us to draw conclusions that have both political and ethical consequences. My concerns here echo a growing field of studies that today struggles to come to terms with the insufficiencies of the, the current usages of the term religion arguing that religion can no longer be taken as a stable category that denotes a recognizable feature of social reality, but rather needs to be seen as part of specific discursive practices. There are two main perspectives in this growing field uh, of research. On the one hand, there are the critical works carried out by historians such as Colin Barton, Daniel Boyerin or Brent Nongbri, who have all pointed to the anachronistic difficulties that arise when the modern concept of religion is projected back onto historical texts and artifacts. As is well known today, neither the Greek word preskeia nor the Latin word religio corresponds to the semantic field of the word religion in our modern Western languages. And above all, these ancient concepts did not rely on a notion of secularity as their dialectic other. But to be sure, there were gods and temples and sacrificial rituals in these ancient, ancient cultures. But these cultures did not possess the conception of religion as a sphere of life that was separated from politics, economics or the arts. Rather, the gods were involved in all aspects of life, from sexuality and cooking to trade and warfare. So when we speak of religion, uh, of the religion of the ancient Greeks and Romans, as opposed to the presumably non-religious parts of their culture and social life. We therefore simply misrepresent these cultures. Now, while historians of ancient literature have drawn attention to this kind of anachronistic incongruities, anthropologists and post-colonial theorists have 
in their turn, directed focus to the cultural and ideological bias of the concept of religion in a global and synchronic perspective. I'm here referring to the work of scholars such as Talada Saad, Tomoko Masotsaba, or Timothy Fitzgerald, who have all, in their various ways, explored the extent to which the modern concept of religion is intertwined with the history of imperialism and with ideas of cultural and racist supremacy. Talal Asad, in particular, has argued that the modern concept of religion from the moment of its birth was interwoven with the emerging discourse of secularism in such a way that non-Western cultures, presumed to be entirely in the grip of superstition, were portrayed as belonging to an earlier evolutionary stage. Europeans were thus projecting onto others what they believed themselves to be in the process of leaving behind. So when I say that I believe that we have come to ways and as regards religion, uh, as we are used to employ the word, it is against the background of these significant theoretical developments in recent decades. And yet my concern, or rather focus, is slightly different. What the scholars I have here briefly referred to uh, have shown that religion is a misguiding category when applied to historical culture as well as to non-Western cultures, my interest lies rather in critically interrogating the way the category operates in contemporary Western societies. More precisely, this means that I'm interested in exploring the limitations of the concept of religion as it is employed, especially in cultures that like to think of themselves as secular, all the while being still oriented to Christian or even Protestant norms. Sweden is, in this respect, a case in point. Like the other Scandinavian countries, Sweden has been characterized historically by a clear religious majority culture, which has subsequently been secularized. While most Swedes are reluctant to conceive of themselves as religious, despite being of Lutheran extraction or even being a member of the Church of Sweden, they often perceive Swedish Muslims and Christians of other ethnic background as religious, whether they are practicing religious people or not. As a consequence, religion is often functioning as an othering or even stigmatizing category, notably within populist strands of the political debate. It is against the background of these kind of subtly repressive discursive structures, which are of course far from unique to the Scandinavian countries, that I wish to argue for the importance of rethinking the way we use religion as a category for organizing and making distinctions in social and political life. So what kind of social reality do we create when we map certain behaviors, ideals and practices as religious and others as secular, especially in a country where being religious is often associated with being backward striving or intellectually naive? Or what do we do with people when we quickly categorize them as believer versus unbeliever, despite the fact that these categories fail to capture what many people, perhaps a majority today, de facto think, believe and experience? So these are some of the questions that I hope to, to discuss with you uh, this evening, and I'll stop there. All right, thank you very much for this uh, wonderful introduction. So I was impressed when you said that uh, religion is one of those, uh, could be perceived as one of those uh, devices which we use to uh, categorize social life. And thus, it sometimes serves uh, as a tool for othering other people, which is obviously a big issue now in many societies. 
And uh, I thought that maybe Professor Friedland can continue this uh, conversation given his engagement with the subject of uh, pluralism and uh, other interests that he has in, in the literature. Thank you. Uh, I, I think actually I will take um, a somewhat different road uh, and be a little bit less abstract than I used to be and start in, in the context. And that is maybe because of my ongoing research on, on uh, post-truth and, uh, and teaching courses on populism. And I think that gives a framework also for thinking through not only the concept of religion, the category, but the use and the role of religion and how it can be seen and how it actually can have uh, some force in, in, in various ways. Um, and to, to start somewhere, I think, to start in the concrete situation, which can be called a post-truth situation, or uh, a, a, a situation where populism has a very strong position in society. It is a situation in which uh, much is questioned and there are many things that are seen as not stable any longer. Uh, we do not um, any longer have one dominating taste that is accepted by everyone. Uh, there are different um, opinions on how to organize the political life, and, uh, questioning about uh, experts and expertise. Uh, in society. And that is not so strange. There is a social epistemologist, uh, Steve Fuller, uh, who in his book Post-Truth uh, goes through this. And, and I think he's quite convincing saying that we are nowadays dependent on so many things that we do not uh, master ourselves. We are dependent, now when I'm speaking uh, and you are listening to me, we are dependent on a technique that I do not really understand. There are some experts that are, that are uh, behind all this. So we are strongly dependent on a lot of things that requires a lot of expertise, but <clears throat> we don't understand it. And at the same time, we are required all the time to take a stand, to decide uh, how to use this, how to make secure, if we're talking about computers, how secure are computers, but also medical science. If I go to the doctor, the doctor will tell me if I'm ill, he, will, he or she will, will tell me that we have two or three different ways that we can treat you. Which one do you prefer? We have to take a stand also in situations where we are actually not experts. Uh, so we are dependent on, on an expertise, uh, we are required to take a stand, and we are also educated to always question, always ask questions. Is that the only way? Is the expert right when he or she says what they say? So this follow says is the situation of, of post-truth. So it's no, nothing strange if we find ourselves in a post-truth situation. The interesting aspect when it comes closer to religion is that this situation is also marked by um, a, a way of combining things that have not been accepted to combine uh, so far. So uh, people bring up arguments uh, uh, which have not been accepted as arguments before, not in a real serious discussion. 
people are saying that my emotions or my feelings are telling me this and this. All the stones I was playing with this morning on my table told me that this is the way I should do. This is considered an argument as well as any other argument, as any other intellectual argument that we are used to. Uh, and the same in, in the political life uh, or in, in scientific life, where it has been questioned whether we can separate politics and science, politics and religion, religion and science. It has been sort of a situation where people say that, no, I don't believe that science is neutral. Science is also dominated by political interests. Uh, why bring my religious arguments to a political discourse uh, that has not been accepted uh, before, or at least not for, for some time. So I think in this situation, one can see that religion uh, comes into the public life in different ways. It comes into politics. Uh, it comes also in, in other ways. Uh, people are reclaiming a religious position but not accepting the our position as experts, what we consider being religiously correct, religiously acceptable. Uh, and people are also acting inconsistently. I think that is the word, uh, <laughs> without being consistent. And it doesn't matter to say that that is how life is. So religion, I think, has a, an interesting role when it comes in as a part of a populist or post-truth construction of reality. When, then you can bring in whatever you want from a religious tradition, from religious teaching, from religious life, and say that this is what I think, this is what we think uh, can be used in the construction of a, a people, of an identity. So that is one, one side of the, the, the role of, of uh, religion, I think, in, in, uh, in our society today. But I think that is often talked about, that is often mentioned. But there is one thing that I think which should be more, more interesting to, to, to explore, and that is that religion also has a very long tradition, is in, in, in particular, I would say the ref, religious reflection uh, or the reflection on the religious reflection, so to speak, the theological discourses, the philosophical discourses on religion, where it has been uh, commonplace to talk, for instance, about truth in a rather different way than scientific truth, uh, or, or in particular, certain narrow conceptions of scientific truths. So when Jesus says, for instance, I am the way, I'm the truth, I'm the life, it cannot possibly mean what we normally mean by a way, by a road. Uh, and what can it possibly mean by saying that life, it's so difficult to, to grasp, or even to say, what can it be when Jesus says that he is the truth? Can a person be the truth? So what I mean to say is that the religious discourses have a potential to think through certain concepts, for instance, truth, in a different way. And that is nothing new in the religious tradition. That is nothing new in the religious discourse. 
The same thing with the theological reflections. Theologians have always been prone to, to turn words upside down and to search other meanings and trying to understand them, as I think we can see in much of what we call literature, and what I think also in quite broad streams in the history of philosophy, when we try to grapple with difficult issues and we try to find out what is really something, then we're using a vocabulary that goes beyond the truth, uh, truth and, and, and false story. So I think that religion can actually be what we often see being used in, 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 in a way to construct an identity, to build up the people in a populist post-truth discourse. But what we haven't seen so much is that the religious discourses themselves can be quite useful actually in order to discuss this phenomenon because we have here resources when religion and religious discourses have other ways of talking about things than we are used to. So that is what I think religion can be interesting to discuss, much less as a category um, where I'm being right now, but rather as the function of religion in society. Thank you. Good, yeah, thank you, Patrick, for your uh, remarks. And uh, before turning to Paul, I just wanted to kind of briefly summarize that we already talked that uh, religion uh, is a discursive practice. And now uh, Professor Friedland also raised this issue that you can bring any aspect of religion into constructing of new uh, postural societies or identities. So I wonder, and this is kind of my uh, question to Paul, whether he can reflect about this idea that you can actually bring any aspect of religion, because as far as I understand that Paul is a historian, he studies these mechanisms, how uh, in religion orthodoxy uh, is disentangled from uh, heresy and uh, how the different meanings within the religion traditions are uh, created and uh, inherited. So I, I, I'd really like to ask Paul about his reflections whether it's indeed possible to bring any aspect of religion and, and how, how this can historically happen, that uh, some parts of religions are, they survive and they're considered as orthodoxy and others don't. Well, thank you, Tomofi, for the, uh, the question. Um, you uh, point to an interesting uh, aspect as uh, um, I deal with ancient religion and perhaps uh, uh, the debate about modern uh, theoretical discussions about the concept of religion is uh, not um, uh, applicable as a, a, um, intuitively, so to say. Uh, but I would like to uh, start off by saying that um, there is actually many interesting parallels to my own field of antiquity. Even though, as Jane pointed out in her talk, the concept religion is not easily applicable to the ancient context. Uh, there is uh, a lot of pitfalls one can uh, end up falling into if, if you do this in an uh, uncritical sense. Uh, but the way uh, I was not originally in my research interested in the 
or I have been interested in it, but the focus of my research has not been the theoretical discussion of the concept of religion, but rather um, heresiology, uh, the formation of early Christian ideas and so on. Uh, I nevertheless got uh, interested in this or dragged into it, uh, into this discussion when I wrote a piece in the Swedish newspaper Dagens Nyheter about um, um, it was a kind of reaction to uh, the famous musician uh, Björn Ulvius who is a member of the famous band ABBA he wrote an, uh, a piece in uh, I think it was Svenska Dagbladet and he had written previously in uh, evening papers in Expressen and Aftonbladet and so on uh, expressing ex- extreme critique against religious people. And that piqued my interest, or uh, to say the least, it vexed me a little bit that they gave him such enormous attention or uh, allowed him a huge scene to, to, uh, to speak about religion. And, uh, and he said, uh, among other things, that religious people are like... Uh, the people who reject vaccines against corona and stuff like that, which um, he connected religion with uh, this um, this discourse. Patrick has uh, um, investigated the post-truth and uh, alternative facts and stuff like that. So um, that piqued my interest and I wrote a piece, uh, a, short, uh, a short answer, which... Uh, I tried to contextualize and put his own views or the views of atheists and particularly these modern forms of very aggressive form of atheism that I think he sometimes uh, represents, which is not really interested in actually uh, getting to know or really understand what religion is. Rather, they have formed an opinion about what religion is, and then they wish to counter that uh, view of uh, that ideal with their own uh, secular one. So my my question was, why are people so interested in uh, um, hearing about what a person who is clearly not an expert on religion, uh, his opinions on religion? Uh, and when I started to think about this question, I found out that um, actually many of the books that are written about uh, uh, atheism uh, or critique against religion are actually not written about scholars of religion, but other people. And this is, I'm not trying to say that these people are um, uh, unintelligent or not successful in their fields, but they're not religious scholars. So why are they re- writing about religion? And why were, was Björn Ulvius uh, saying that religious people and the anti-vaxxer movements, they reject experts, they don't listen to science, uh, when in actuality they themselves are not listening to or interested in what people of uh, academic uh, religious studies are saying. So why, are the, why, why was the atheistic literature uh, if I can call it that, uninterested in uh, religious scholars' opinions about religion. Why didn't they um, problematize and contextualize this very 
hard and, and a difficult concept. That was my uh, original uh, question that drew me to this debate. And I quickly found out that the, there's many parallels to my own subject, which is an antique religiosity, in particular early Christianity. Um, and uh, the similarities is um, this uninterest in actually understanding your religious opponent, if I now can use this uh, parallel between atheists and uh, um, religious people in the modern discourse uh, and uh, compare it to different Christians who argued against each other. They misrepresent each other. They uh, are not interested in um, really understanding the other uh, party's views. Uh, there's a genuine lack of uh, uh, interest often mixed with exaggeration and uh, actually blatant lies, uh, especially in my material. Uh, there's obvious uh, exaggerations and uh, they make up stories about their uh, religious opponents, which uh, portray their opponents as, um, as immoral people. There is parallels to the modern discourse when you read about religious people uh, what people, uh, the general public is, seems to be most upset about are not perhaps religion as we understand it, but religions, religious actions, some certain religious actions. And uh, uh, these actions, for example, terrorism and, uh, or behavior, human behavior that be, can be applicable to religion or connected to religion. So... Uh, and th there is an, also a general idea that this, um, because there is a, a, a religious freedom in Western society, you can't critique religion. Uh, you can't uh, say to people that uh, th this behavior is unacceptable if they uh, refer to, well, it's my religion, I have the right to express my religious beliefs. Uh, so there is a problem, uh, in I would say, in, in the general public that mixes these two ideas that just because we have religious freedom, it, 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 uh, uh, it does not go hand in hand with actual, uh, uh, we can actually, and we must, I would say, critique religious behavior if it, it becomes uh, um, threatening to our modern society. Um, so um, these uh, these ideas, which I see connected to my own material, is um, very much connected to what Patrick said, but also to uh, what uh, Jane was talking about in the beginning. And uh, well, originally it has to do with uh, the, the need for uh, freedom of uh, thinking and freedom of expression. Uh, we uh, should and we must uh, explore things that are um, important for us. Um, and uh, what separates my own field, the antique, antique studies, from the modern debate about religion is, I, I think, uh, there is a lot of uh, um, there is a lot of uh, commonality between the way you present the other, but. Uh, one thing, when you're presenting the other, when you try to uh, mold the truth to your own benefit, so to speak, the thing that is different in our society, which is unique, I would say, is this extreme, um, extreme um, ability or um, we, have, we have extreme uh, um, 
possibilities to get information uh, and and uh, knowledge or uh, uh, unfiltered knowledge, I would say. So this really underscores the need for critical thinking in our uh, in our society, uh, and um, this has also seeped into the way in uh, in which we today. Uh, critique religious studies in my own field. Some scholars even reject the term altogether, seeing it as uh, unhelpful in worst cases, uh, uh, dangerous and uh, uh, suppressing people. And uh, I think that there is important uh, factors to bring from this, this, uh, from this uh, way of uh, critiquing the category of religion, but I am not uh, one of those scholars who really think that we should abandon the term. I think that there is benefits in using it. And in this way, I um, I applaud Jane's efforts to seeking the uh, origins of uh, the phenomenon religion in something that all humans share, uh, something that really can be uh, connected to universality. Uh, for example, the experience of, of being a human being and living in a body or, and so forth. To, to try to to find uh, something that uh, um, uh, to, to pin the uh, the study of religion on, rather than just uh, exploring uh, the uh, the negative traits of the category and the history of the category, which of course has its benefits and must be done, but. I think that there is uh, the concept of religion is more than an academic heuristic term, which only is applicable in academia, in academia. But it has a value for the general public. But we, as scholars of religion, must engage much more in the public debate uh, rather than shy away from it. In uh, as I. Uh, think and believe many do uh, that it is too complex to explain and you will get misunderstood, you will get misrepresented, you will get too much uh, negative publicity and so on. Uh, so um, I welcome this kind of venture uh, to discuss this phenomenon uh, with you all and I think I'll, uh, I'll leave it there for an open up to discussion. Yeah, thank you. Paul. Are we allowed to comment on each other directly? Yes, absolutely. I think uh, you made wonderful uh, uh, opening remarks, and it's uh, it's a good time to uh, reflect on these uh, remarks. And if you want to comment, uh, uh, of course. Uh, because there are uh, obviously several in interconnections between all our three presentations, but one thing which I was uh, struck by uh, was the Harrisian heresiology thing and, and, and uh, the parallels that you drew um, uh, between, well, then and also to speak. And uh, I was wondering whether a further parallel uh, would also be uh, uh, the extent to which precisely to use the terms uh, uh, discursive concepts. So uh, just as heresy and orthodoxy uh, worked as, as discursive or even performative concepts in antiquity to, to define who, who was uh, in and who was out and so on, and, and you thereby kind of created reality, uh, 
I think uh, that is such a clear parallel to how uh, the divide between secular and modern has worked well throughout modernity, but but especially today when 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 you can really make a difference uh, uh, for better or worse in reality by 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 um, uh, by uh, so to speak um, uh, projecting those those labels on, on this on that or that that person. So uh, I was interested in in, in your. Um, Comment on 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 that uh, parallel uh, is 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 a, a re religious secular today kind of orthodoxy heresiology parallel. Thanks for the question. I, yeah, I feel uh, I I see many parallels uh, in my own material to the debate today between religion and secular uh, camps, so to say. And one of them is um, this. Um, the way you present the other in my in in the ancient context uh, usually does not really reflect the way the other uh, views themselves. For example, uh, the way Irenaeus of Lyon uh, represented Valentinians. He says that they are a very specific group. They are not Christians. There's so on. And when you look at the Valentinian texts, um, you can't really find a, a, a definition of themselves as something other than Christians. They view themselves as Christians and uh, they see themselves as part of the Christian community and so on. And I think that this is uh, applicable to the modern discussion too. That if you if you ask people who uh, some uh, atheists or very uh, sec humanist secularists or what what you wish to call them uh, present so-called religious people, uh, when you ask the religious people themselves, does this really fit you the way you view yourself? Then they say no, not at all. I'm, I don't believe in God in this way. I don't view God in this way, and they they get applied with. Uh, um, things that really do, does not represent the way they see themselves. So uh, I'm not quite sure how and why this is uh, so, but uh, I think that it has something to do with the, the things that Patrick uh, mm. talked about, uh, that religious discourse and the, um, the way of presenting the other has to do a lot with um, not talking about facts and truth, but trying to to paint uh, a view of uh, reality or uh, the future of uh, a vision, so so to say, to to create an idea which you try to argue for. This is the way to move forward, and in that sense, it does not. Uh, it's not applicable to. Uh, science and uh, truth seeking and such, but rather politics or uh, another form of discourse performance or something. So I was just wondering, Jane, if uh, you had some reflections on that, because uh, it seems like this issue, uh, well, I don't want to say troubles you, but it seems like you have thought a lot about this uh, differentiation between uh, religion as a social practice and religion as a category. And uh, I, I wonder whether the opening remarks of Paul and Patrick and his response made you, you know, uh, wanted to, uh, to offer some other insights from, from your work. 
but not <laughs> not not in a uh, well direct response. I mean, uh, there are also, of course, uh, clear parallels to to uh, to, to what uh, Patrick says and, and and the way Patrick that you you um, uh, which is a very significant point uh, when you spoke about the different ways in which um, in which uh, uh, religion enters uh, public uh, life today, and and that uh, on one hand um, uh, it it it. Um, it, it is often used in populist discourses today uh, in a way to construct an identity and so on. Uh, one thing I would add there, there is that, that uh, just as religion is used in that way, uh, so I think also secularism, so uh, in that respect I'm also interested in the religious secular um, divide or, 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 or how you could so constantly uh, redefine uh, 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 both how these concepts relate to each other and, and, and where, where the limit is, is drawn and, and, and I was that is something that I've been struck by when I've been working on some documents of the, the Sweden documents, notably the so-called uh, uh, policy program or, or the basic principles for, for, for the party. And if you look at their uh, politics of, of religion, uh, which is uh, online and, and easy to, to find, uh, it's very striking how they invest in a in a double way in, in, in religion and religious and, and secular and secularism. So on the one hand, and I think I believe another colleague of ours have, have, uh, in the platform has written about this, uh, Christian Noricelli is not here, uh, but uh, they, they invest heavily in 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 being secular uh, when it comes to 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 to, for instance, uh, defending or, or or presenting themselves as defending a well um, a certain liberal liberal view of of uh, of um, uh, gender equality and so on. Uh, and then uh, they 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 pinpoint that then the, the religion is the other, and then religion is problem, and then it's 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 tied to 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 well, notably the Muslim mother who is the one who is pinpointed in in as, as a problem who. Uh, it, Needs to be be dealt with, or or, or as an other that needs to be squeezed into the Swedish public life. So that is problem. Um, but uh, that being said, they also use uh, uh, on the other hand religion in a uh, more um, uh, well, uh, well less pejorative sense, and that is when they uh, define themselves as as not not Christian party because I think they define themselves as a secular party, but but uh, they clearly state that that uh, uh, they the Sweden Democrats has a unique uh, relationship with Christianity, and that Sweden is a, a Christian country, and that Christianity should be treated as no other religion. And of course, there is in one sense a, a, a point in that because it's uh, well by, by default, so to speak, uh, Sweden has been a, a Protestant Christian culture uh, but it's it's interesting this this um discursive place so to speak with with how you define and when you define this and that as secular and, and as religious so so uh, that, that might uh, maybe a question question back to to to, to you and and also uh, your comment that um what which you also made which is really significant that of course uh, just as, as as populist discourses are uh, using parts uh, bits and pieces of religion to 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 put forth certain agendas uh, so you yourself could also so to speak as critical scholar use parts of religion to to deconstruct or problematize uh, this i don't know if you uh, uh, if you get a question out of that but that was an attempt to 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 give some feedback to your very interesting uh, opening remarks So I, I think it's a good moment to bring uh, Patrick back to the conversation, uh, especially because uh, he 
suggested that he is going to be very concrete in, the, in his uh, opening remarks. So maybe you can uh, continue this line of uh, of presentation. And I was actually wondering uh, whether you can maybe provide some uh, some examples from your current research or maybe from the scholarship which you are engaged with. Uh, how does uh, how it actually works this construction of post truths from the perspective of uh, religious institutions? So how do they engage in maybe resisting certain facts or uh, producing uh, their uh, narratives uh, about what's happening in society? Uh, and I think this is especially well. I, I can make a little uh, remark on my own as a researcher who works in Ukraine. I am engaged in uh, in the investigation of the local Orthodox churches and how they reacted to the COVID crisis and how they reacted to the pandemic and uh, their strategies uh, and narratives which they employed in order to kind of argue that uh, the doors of the church should be open despite the lockdown policies. So basically, this was a very strong case of a religious organized institution uh, to resist to uh, governmental policies and suggest their own competitive uh, narratives uh, about what people should or should not do during the pandemic. And I was wondering whether you can describe uh, similar cases uh, from your research and practice and how, how does it happen in general that religious groups uh, resist to certain knowledge, construct their own views, etc. Well, I don't know if I can tell you very much more than you have been doing here, but I think there is another aspect actually, uh, and coming back to that, I would like to, 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 to not leave it um, um, uh, too, 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 too long. And that is the aspect that Jane brought up. This the uh, when the uh, with political party uh, invests in 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 uh, in, in sec being secular, as you said. I think this is very important for the for the Rassemblement um, National in in France, and and I think also the Sverigedemokraterna, the Swedish Democrats in in Sweden. Uh, and probably other parties also in Europe. Uh, but this, we, we are secular, and that is very important. We are standing up for the secular tradition in, in Sweden or in France. We do not have religions uh, in school. We do not have so and so. This is this is the, the. and at the same time, uh, they uh, stand for uh, a Christian tradition. Uh, and that seems paradoxical, but what is interesting is that that is precisely the kind of argument the many religious leaders use. Uh, many religious leaders would say, at least in, I don't know in France, uh, but in, in the Church of Sweden, that would say that the Church of Sweden is a very good church, because that is the church that brought a lot of Christian culture to this country. Look around you and see how Christian this country is. We have all this Christian heritage everywhere. And this is because of the church, uh, not because people are believing necessarily, not because the people are practicing Christianity, the Christian tradition, uh, not necessarily, but it has marked uh, this country. So the Swedish Democrats are saying exactly that is what we are saying. This is precisely what we are saying. Uh, we have a Christian heritage, and this heritage makes it possible for us to be secular. Uh, 
So we should cherish the Christian tradition because it's only through the Christian tradition that it actually can be secular. And there are also theories about that. I think that Marcel Gaucher is going somewhere in that direction with his his discourses on on religion and, and so on. But I was, I was also, that was one thing that I, I wanted absolutely to say. But another thing I think is interesting when it comes to, to Paul's um, um, uh, uh, analysis or, or, or observations about the, the, um, the, uh, the debate on, on religion. I think that is quite fascinating that the category of religion is... Um, stable sometimes and unstable sometimes. But it seems to be stable in, in my view, and I think also in Paul's and in Jane's view, at the wrong moments and not at the good moments. So maybe we, can, we could agree upon saying that what is, what is important in religious life and religion is something that is not captured really by the term religion, that it goes beyond that. There's no clear limit because between secular and religious. So in that sense, we are all struggling with a lot of things, and that comes to the surface in philosophy sometimes, in literature sometimes, in other aspects of life sometimes, and in religions what we call religion sometimes. So in that sense, it's sort of not a stable category. But that is precisely the sense where we often are very clear and defining this is religious and this is non-religious. On the other hand, we have the situation as Paul described where, where, where there is a debate about religion. And then I think we should be very clear saying we are the experts on religion because we have the, the, the training, uh, the institutes that are calling themselves institutes for religious studies and theology faculties and so on. But there, the category is very vague and, <laughs> and then anybody can have any opinion and can write any book and can be an expert at any time. So I think it's sort of an upside down almost uh, in the categories of, of, uh, of, of religion. I think that is quite fascinating. Uh, and I don't know if you recognize that, especially, especially you, Paul, when brought it brought it in. Yeah, um, I don't, uh, well, I recognize it in one sense that in um, a conversation uh, or a debate I had with uh, Christer Sturmark, a Swedish um, representative of the secular humanists, uh, I wrote a piece, uh, or he commented on this piece I, I uh, told you about in my opening statement uh, when I questioned uh, uh, Björn Oveo's view on religion and, and atheism and try to uh, contextualize it and, and say that they are actually doing much of the same things that they are accusing religious people of doing. Um, and I tried to um, contextualize and problematize the concept religion by pointing out that it does not always have to do with um, belief in a god. Uh, or gods or supernatural beings as they uh, sometimes use that it's the concept is much more complex and uh, um, and uh, problematic uh, and I wrote that in my first piece and uh, the uh, response I got was actually uh, Paul wants to um, destroy uh, the concept of religion or he tries to equalize it with culture and uh, 
at the same time, he said that religion is um, uh, easily defined. It is actually the belief in God. Uh, so he, th this is a really difficult, uh, difficult way to shake off uh, the, the public uh, view of religion when we ourselves not uh, are not able to to come to terms with uh, an easily definable uh, concept. So um, definitely, I feel the uh, uh, the problem here. Uh, but on the other hand, I am also very wary of the other side which uh, favors the abandonment the abandonment of the term um, and just talk about culture and, uh, and not talk about religion at all because of its uh, Christian uh, background or uh, it has been laden with so much preconceptions of what it uh, it is to be religious that it has to do with the book and uh, formation of the self and the, the individual uh, um, it is as it is it is a thing that has to do with the the, uh, the individual not society and and, uh, and so forth and theory and not practice and, and these kinds of things um this is these are all uh, valid important points but i think that still uh, we we can't just disregard terms which are uh, not doing the job in every sense, but we have to somehow work with them and try to uh, um, define them. Of course, it's not possible to define the, the term religion every time you, you use it, but uh, we as scholars have to do that, do the dirty work, so to say, and try to... to um, uh, to this, this idea that this is a, a, a um, fuzzy concept that has to seek into the to the public that it's um, it has to do with more than just belief in God um, and we we should um, perhaps uh, launch this idea of a open uh, open concept or open term which has multiple meanings and. Uh, yeah, so, um, uh, uh, yeah, I'll leave it there. Thank you, Paul. And it seems that your exchange uh, and dialogue has already uh, risen uh, some attention and uh, interest in the audience. I see that uh, Hannah Stroman, she uh, has her hand raised. And I, I guess it's a very good moment just to open the floor for a debate and discussion with the audience. So, Hannah, please. Uh, we look forward to hear uh, your thoughts. Thank you. I wasn't sure if it was allowed yet uh, to come in with a question, but I um, I really wanted to ask. And it, it follows on actually right from um, what was just said by, by Paul there, but I wanted to um, ask Jane actually back towards her reflections at the beginning, and if I may also ask Patrick uh, a question. So, so I mean... Yane, I'm sure you have had this question before. You may even have had this question before from me, but um, I'm, I'm really curious to kind of push on this. And it, and it follows up from what Paul just said about getting rid of the concept of, of religion. So, I mean, I completely agree with you on all the reasons why the term religion is problematic. I think they're completely convincing. Um, but, but, you know, do you think from a kind of... Um, sort of higher educational university perspective, it is wise or sensible to try to work towards getting rid of this concept. Uh, I mean, or term, I mean, particularly 
uh, at a time when the humanities and maybe especially theology and religious studies is so under threat. Uh, you, you know, do we have a, a good enough alternative that would help carry uh, the sort of weight of, of, of you, know, pres you know, presumably all of us who study religion think this is very important and, and needs to be continued. So, so just, just strategically, you know, is it, is it um, wise to get rid of, of the term religion? Um, and I don't know if I should also ask my question for part Dick. Sure, sure. <laughs> Why not? It's a, it's a, it's a conversation. So. <laughs> thank you. So while I, while I have the floor. Um, yeah, thank you. Um, I, I wondered, I mean, Patrick, I was very interested in what you said about religious discourses having um, the resources to contribute to the discussion about post-truth and conceptions of truth. And I just wondered if, if you have an example, you know, you know, what, what concretely do you think can be useful? And, um, and then the kind of perhaps really difficult question is, uh, how do we get people to, to listen to us if we do think religious discourses have, uh, have the potential to be, to be useful? I mean, that's perhaps partly to our colleagues in the humanities and the wider university, but also more, more publicly. Uh, yeah. Um, since you pushed uh, uh, the question to, to, to me first, I go first, and very good to, to see you, Hannah. Uh, but I, I did quite get your question. So, so what's your question whether uh, why strive to get rid of the concept of religion or why not fight for it? Well, you know, even if we think intellectually the concept of religion is problematic, should we be fighting to get rid of it because that could mean all our jobs go because there are no longer religious departments, you know? Well, I, I definitely don't think that we, well, we, we, we should fight to, to, to get rid of it. But above all, uh, I, I think that it, that would be extremely uh, presumptuous and uh, that may, uh, um, uh, well, uh, uh, due to the fact that actually before I, I started doing theology and religion, I actually did linguistics. So that was my first uh, passion and my first uh, topic at university. And if there is something that you learn as a student of linguistics uh, is that you, you don't own language, language on use, you could uh, make. Uh, all the, the grammatical reforms you could ever dream of, uh, but it, it won't work uh, uh, unless it just uh, um, becomes viral, as we would say today in our digital era. Uh, so, 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 I mean, uh, uh, for me, it, it has never been an, an, an option to, 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 um, uh, to get rid of it. And uh, so one reason is because I simply don't believe it's possible. Another uh, would be because I, I don't, I, I really find. Uh, the prolific attempt to to to, to replace uh, because some of the most radical scholars uh, uh, Fitzgerald and and, and Daniel de Bison uh, uh, have have argued. Um, uh, uh, explicitly for, 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 for really getting rid of the term. Um, uh, and uh, I think it's uh, Daniel de Buisson who, who, who has even made a proposal for, for, for a replace, um, replacing term, uh, which I think was something like cosmographic uh, formation. And I mean, I, I, I share this intention, but then uh, Kevin Schildbrecht, uh, uh, who is a philosopher of religion, has also intervened in this debate, uh, made very pertinent <laughs> uh, one of the philosophical philosopher's comment when he said that okay well we could try to 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 
become more inclusive and more global by using cosmographic cosmographic uh, uh, formation. But the thing is that cosmographic formation, uh, if you listen to, to the word cosmographic, it's it's extremely Western because uh, cosmos is the Western word for 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 totality, and and uh, uh, graphene is the Western Greek word for for writing. So uh, uh, my point is that, and and here I I really share what what Paulie uh, phrased it really well. Uh, I mean, even if we, we imagine that that that, that we, we we could get rid of the, the of our past, of our Christian past, of the concept of religion, it will always catch up on us, and it's more dangerous when it catches catches up on us uh, in a subtle, invisible uh, way. So I'm really for a pragmatic approach. Uh, I really think we, we. I also think we shouldn't let go of of of, of our attempts to 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 um, to um, uh, provide. Um, stipulative definitions of, of, of religion when, when we work uh, uh, in a particular work. But of course, there are no universal one-time um, uh, definitions of religion. But if you use it pragmatically, shift focus on, on uh, precisely also how the concepts are used in, in different contexts and, context and the consequences they have. Uh, but also, uh, when you use it yourself, uh, of course, be clear as a critical scholar that you distinguish between what many scholars today do, what is sometimes called a first order and second order um, applications of the word, but which would basically the difference between uh, uh, claiming to, to, to be using the concept uh, uh, as a pure description uh, of, of, of essential things out there uh, on one hand, and on the other hand, the more uh, humble um, uh, alternative, which would be to use it as an interpretative category. Um, where the where this distinction between identifying something and interpreting is crucial, of course, because this is precisely what allows scholars to be critically aware of the limitations of their approach, and and, and they can also take a step back and and they have to, to so to speak, uh, uh, give reasons and arguments for 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 for, for their interpretation. Uh, so so um, uh, so uh, long long answer. I, I, I not not just because I want us all to keep our jobs because that would be to to to. Um, that wouldn't be a, 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 a sufficient or, or nice argument, uh, but because I, I think, for one thing, we cannot get rid of it, and 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 I think it's dangerous to try to 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 to, to pretend as if if we. Uh, uh, if we could uh, could run away from our past, so uh, continue to use it, uh, but uh, uh, I see uh, an essential task for scholars of religion to 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 take part. And of course, uh, Paul has been exemplary in his in intervention, and has even taken the debate with uh, Christa Stirmak, who those of you are familiar with this figure in Swedish public life. I mean, he knows that it's it's uh, it can be quite hard work to to have an ongoing uh, debate with with this guy, uh, and 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 and. Uh, so continue to 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 intervene and to show that it's 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 more complicated. That not that we should abolish uh, uh, the concept, not this phenomenon attitude that we are the experts and this was relates to, to your comments, Patrick. We can tell you what religion is, but in a more humble way, uh, just to disturb <laughs> disturb the ongoing uh, debate by 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 pointing to the complexity uh, of, of 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 the concept, how it has been used and how it is used with this and that effect. So something like that would be my my reflections on on the topic. Uh, it was great, and I, if Patrick, I think the second question was uh, mm -hmm. addressed to you, and then we will have a question from Niben uh, in, in order. Yeah. 
Thank you. Thank you, Hannah. Um, and I think it's, um, it's an extremely good question, as we used to say when we have a question. <laughs> so, but I think it is. And, um, and I think the, the, the key is not necessarily a straightforward answer, because that is sort of ruin almost the idea. But I think what is, what is helpful to see is that in, in a theological or in a th religious discourse, generally speaking, there is much space for using terms in a rather flexible and unusual way. That means that when the post-truthers come in with their claims, and you have the opponent saying, but this is false, this is not true, so we have to discard it, then the dialogue is blocked because the, the one doesn't hear the other. Uh, and there is a misconception, and, and the post-truthers, they would see, but this is a misunderstanding, this is a misconception, uh, because we are talking about the truth, the truth is only different from what the truthers say the truth is. So it's not that I'm lying, I'm saying the truth when I say that the political forces have decided science to be so-and-so, or I'm telling the truth when I find that my emotions tell me something and not my intellects, and that is a straightforward and a good way. So I think the, the resources in religious traditions uh, would be sought somewhere in the field that, yes, of course, it's possible to talk about truth also in that way. Um, actually, it's possible to talk about things in a way that the post-truthers do and force them thus to, to, to answer different questions, saying that, okay, you say that this is true when you say so-and-so, you have this in this background, but how does it work? What does it mean? And what are the implications? And are you really ready to, to, to take the consequences? I'm not sure that would help. Uh, um, I'm not sure. But I'm, I'm quite convinced that it has better chances to, 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 to help than to just say that what you just said is false, is fake. Uh, because it, that doesn't help. Obviously, it doesn't help. So I think that what, what is a resource in the religious tradition is that, yes, but truth can mean different things, actually. Uh, um, and, 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 and also... Uh, being authentic to something, being honest to something can mean different things. And we as religious people, we as religious scholars studying religions know that. So we can also contribute to, 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 to an exchange, I think, in, the, in that field. So that is a little bit what I, what I think could be helpful. That was I meant. I don't have a receipt. That is the thing. So I wonder, Hannah, if uh, uh, you have any feedback on these comments? Are you... Uh, or any reflections? Yeah. No, no, I, I've spoken enough, but thank you. That was very helpful from, from both. Thank you. Right, thank you. And uh, I see that Nevan uh, also uh, has raised his hand. Uh, so Nevan Vukic, uh, please. Thank you all for Oh, Nevan, I apologize. Can you speak uh, a bit louder, please? Yeah, uh, is this better? It is better, but if you can speak even louder, it would be uh, even yeah, more better. I'll try, because uh, it's, it's about uh, the, the, the settings. Uh, I don't know. I'll, I'll try to be brief. Uh, I don't know if this works. Uh, 
And just to thank you for allowing me to participate in the conference. I just had uh, two uh, two issues that I uh, two two points that I wanted to, to bring into this discussion, whether or not uh, religious scholars uh, should participate in the public discourse. Which is that uh, uh, the, the issue of, of attention economy that I think that could be useful, uh, which which suggests that attention in fact is a commodity that needs to be used. So and and, then, and, with, and combine it with the with the with the, uh, the theory of of, of of the visibility of, of religion. So in a sense, what I'm saying that religious scholars have an obligation to participate in uh, in in the public discourse on, on religion. Because of, uh, of of the the concept of the attention of the attention economy, because uh, according to this, uh, every individual has only uh, uh, a a preset, uh, uh, I guess, allowance to think about religion, and if it's uh, and this allowance is spent on to uh, on, on on talking points of the populists or whoever is talking about religion. Then at the time when, when the experts or so-called experts uh, uh, chime in, or if they don't chime in at the end, the attention economy is uh, uh, the, 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 the attention of the individuals who might be interested in it is spent on, uh, on people who, who actually might uh, have something more constructive to, to contribute or who have actual knowledge versus, uh, versus uh, what they think uh, is true. Uh, and that, uh, that, that was just um, my comment on, on, the, on the whole uh, on the ongoing discussion. Thank you. Thank you, Neven. Um, I wonder if our speakers uh, have any opinion on, on this matter of uh, attention economy and uh, this theoretical model uh, which can explain um, uh, the motivation or if not obligation of experts to participate in public debates. I, I'm not hundred uh, percent sure that I that I have uh, that I could hear everything. But but if if we're talking about the obligation for us as religious scholars, theologians, philosophers, to take part in the public debate because it concerns us. I, I, I agree, uh, at least to a certain extent. Um, then you have practical difficulties with that. Uh, that. That is a different matter. But in but on the sort of a theoretical plane, I would say yes, yes, we we have an obligation to 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 make our contributions and i think also in our self interest to 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 defend our field and and show that we actually can handle things in a different way to come back and i don't want to be too personal but come back to kistesturmike to just show that we actually have a training that goes further when it comes to religion than someone who hasn't any training in religion but participates in the public debate uh, so we have we have possibilities to say other things than than the lay people, so to speak, uh, can do. Um, and, and in that sense, it's also difficult because we have to show that in order to establish the ground and say that to take the terrain and say we are experts, we can show that we can manifest that. And in the same way, doing that in a way that can be understood by, by people outside the, 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 the smaller circle. I don't know what, what you think, Jane and, and Paul, but... Uh... 
I, I fully agree. Uh, although I, I do really admit that, that it is a, a true challenge um, uh, to, 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 well, to, to manage to, to, to break through and, 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 and so, so to speak, convey the message. Because uh, and this is of course a predicament that to a certain extent we share with, with most of the humanities that people usually respect not just uh, well ordinary people but but also experts in other fields. They expect uh, they, they they very much respect. Uh, scientists, naturvetenskapare, uh, uh, which uh, so, so uh, no one would ever dream of, of of writing a popular book in in something <laughs> in chem, some area of chemistry or, or physics uh, uh, unless they have you know studied years of, of physics at university. So there's a huge respect for for for, for these uh, disciplines. Um, uh, but I think with with uh, uh, many of the disciplines in the humanities, uh, it's for well, for natural reasons. It's closer to to, to 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 everyone. Religion, many people have a personal relation to religion or to literature and so on, uh, which means that 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 uh, well, many people also feel entitled to 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 to, to write and reflect on on this phenomena. And now it is possible, uh, uh, um, uh, well, unlike before, to 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 to. to, to Publish yourself or print and demand, or if you don't want to do that, you, you just uh, you just go um, uh, and publish on, on, on online and so on. Uh, so the, 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 I think it's a really uh, a pedagogical challenge for 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 people in the humanities, but especially for scholars of religions, to to uh, to how to convey without precisely sounding von Orban uh, uh, that. that well, yeah, there is an expertise knowledge on 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 religion, uh, which uh, you don't have by just uh, practicing religion or being critical critical of religion and so on. And 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 uh, that critical reflection, how to 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 uh, take on that challenge, so to speak, uh, that is something that I think uh, that we and I say we as scholars of religion uh, really need to 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 <laughs> to reflect and discuss. Uh, more and also, uh, well, but, and this is a very good reason for breaking out of our our own compartmentalization because we have been been so compartmentalized, uh, historians, uh, theologians, philosophers, and so on. Uh, but we really need to 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 to, uh, uh, to reflect on that together on that challenge. I think. Yeah, I think all this debate uh, has. Uh, has made me thinking about a very simple question, and but I still wonder if uh, maybe some of you can help me and uh, clarify uh, uh, how to actually define experts. Because uh, I often notice that also the boundary of experts can be drawn from uh, different perspectives. Uh, in social science, in Ukraine, for instance, there is a certain intellectual tradition uh, to believe that experts about religion, uh, they should be... Uh, raised maybe in the faculties of history, culturology or theology, but it's quite often that people are suspicious about, let's say, economists when they're talking about religion, because we generally believe that economists who work with models, numbers and figures, they cannot understand the uh, mighty of uh, religious experiences. So even within the field of social science, sometimes people uh, uh, become critical towards each other and compete for the status of an expert. So I wonder what is your perspective on that? Uh, is there a, even a possibility to, to define an expert in, uh, in religion? 
Um, is there any rule of thumb or should we even ask this question? Maybe this question leads us to nowhere and uh, we should abandon this um, um, endeavor. So. I can try. I can try. I think it's um, it's uh, it's very difficult. I think there is there is no. I have absolutely no hope to be able to define who is the expert in in religion, uh, and I have very little hope that we will come to an agreement on who is an expert. Um, but I think that, and then it becomes difficult because this is you you talk about economists. I would say even within, inside the same faculty, you will have different opinions on who is the best expert on, on, uh, on, on religion. Uh, because it depends also what aspect you think is the most important. Do you think is the, is this the, 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 the social aspect? Do you think it's the historical aspect? Do you think it's the, 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 the thinking, the dogmas and so on and so on? So I think that is in sort of a never ending story uh, but I think what what could be done maybe is to encourage more of uh, exchanges about that uh, and given with, with some hope at least that could be civilized, civilized exchanges. And that might foster some kind of idea, uh, at least at least some clarity on where we are, even though I don't think there would be in any agreement. Yeah, yeah I, I share your sentiment. Uh, I saw that Ulrich uh, wanted to also say something. <laughs> yes, thanks very much. Um, I, I came a bit late to the discussion because I had a meet one that I couldn't miss, but I'm very glad to have seen at least a, a little bit now. I'm, if I'm, I mean, following, you know, I'm actually fairly unsure of whether this talk about expertise will, will get us anywhere. Um, I'm I would be very critical of this. I just want to <laughs> throw this out there. Um, I mean, having done some work on, on populism, particularly in Germany, and the responses of churches to this, so particularly far-right populism, the response you get, in a way, from the populists is to say exactly that the churches are experts and therefore wrong. Like, you get this, you know, the classic move that you have in sort of mainstream political populism to say, you know, experts are wrong, they're not in touch with the people. Um, you get exactly the same response within churches um, that in the populist parties and protesters, they will refer to the German churches as Amtskirchen, so office churches, you know, hierarchical institutions. So they'll, they'll play the same populist moves and saying it's again us versus, versus them. Um, so to come in there and to self-describe as a expert, um, I, I don't see much of an impact that would have except stop the conversation. Um, and the other hunch I have, I think, with religion or with, let's say, personal faith, maybe, um, expertise is also a really tricky thing. Like, we, as scholars of, of religion, we have a certain expertise, um, but we I do not have the expertise as a Christian theologian to tell somebody what they should or should not be believing. I think that is certainly something I would not want to engage as a, in, as a theologian. On, on the contrary, I, I think part of my 
my role as a theologian is to understand what what other people are believing i'm describing analyzing possibly assessing normatively what is going on but i would not want to be the person telling them what they're supposed to believe and and, and what is fine and so on so these are sort of two things where i think expertise to me seems to be maybe not as helpful as as you've described it now but just to throw this out i'm happy to be convinced otherwise because uh, that would help me a lot <laughs> Well, I personally, I don't think that I can convince you, but uh, I can just, oh, and I, I see uh, fingers as well. I just wanted to quickly react uh, and share my own experience of working in Ukraine, uh, because here in Ukraine, the political tensions are also high and religion is uh, interconnected with nationalism and perception of uh, you know, of the past and of the future, and uh, the risk of conflicts within the church is quite high. So we have Orthodox Church, which is divided between a more sort of Russian uh, leaning uh, wing and uh, local Ukrainian uh, church, which is often engaged in nationalistic narratives. And when it comes to a very particular and specific uh, risk of a conflict within the parish, like which church should we join, or when politicians employ these uh, political narratives of uh, othering and division during the political campaign, then uh, being an expert uh, actually sometimes is important uh, because it can help you to neutralize yourself from different fighting camps and also to position yourself as a person who stands kind of above this um, conflict and can help in mitigation. So sometimes an expert is just a third person who is trusted as negotiator because uh, the expert does not belong to uh, both sides. However, I acknowledge that this is very context-driven uh, process so maybe uh, I just appropriate the word expert and um, define it in the kind of useful way for me that I can work with this definition. Uh, but maybe the same definition cannot work in other contexts. Mine is very brief. Is it okay if I go first, Patrick? No, you can go first. Okay. No, uh, but I, well, speaking from the Swedish context, that uh, uh, um, has a, an extremely strong tradition of trusting the expert, and the the, the uh, engineer was the the you know uh, the one who succeeded the the uh, priest in Swedish modernity. Uh, so I mean, I I try to share your concerns, and 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 uh, and, uh, um, uh, I, I, and this is precisely why, why I stress that uh, I think it is a pedagogical uh, challenge that we have. Uh, really, a, a question of how to to communicate, how to 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 to. Um, uh, to to perform if you wish, and I think that you certainly, certainly at least in our context, uh, perhaps not in, in the Ukrainian uh, context, but in Sweden, I think it's very much like like Germany. So so definitely you should avoid going out presenting yourself as the expert, selling the people how to 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 act. Uh, and that is why I, I rather believe in a more uh, uh, deconstructive approach. And I, once more, I, I really want to 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 um, foreground Paul here because I think so. For those who are 
not familiar with the Swedish context, you have been several times uh, during this year out in the public media precisely on these issues. And, and the way uh, your approach that you had uh, was precisely by, by not being the expert who, who, who tells uh, people, you know, uh, in capital letters how, how it is and, and not, uh, but precisely uh, deconstructs, uh, well, in this case, John uh, uh, uh expertise, uh, um, 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 uh, opinions on religion by precisely in a humble way showing that it's no sorry but it's more complicated so I think that is the, the least good we we, we we could do at least uh, that is where I am I'm, I'm now so just to, to try and humble way to, to 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 show uh uh that well it's it's more complicated like this if you do so uh, but I hope that Patrick have a, has a, an even better answer of course I have uh, after you it's always easy. no no sorry sorry uh, but um I think that is an interesting. I, I am. I'm not sure that I can convince Ulrich. So, but um, so on. I, I won't even try to do that. But I. I think the reflection is worth a reflection, and I think it goes. Actually, the work on ex, the, the the thinking of experts go together with the thinking we had um, some time ago about religion as a category, and I think that is. It's it's maybe. Uh, and as you said also, uh, uh, Jane, here, it's maybe the, the the best thing is to to do things and not say things. Talk less and do more. Uh, so being expert, being an expert, being active, showing uh, what the contribution is, is is maybe what could be done, uh, but not necessarily saying that I'm an expert, so therefore I have to talk, therefore I should have this place, therefore it, you are obliged to listen to me just by, by, by showing. And I think it's similar, actually, when it comes to religion. I think that there are certain moments, and the same goes for experts, there are certain times when there is a, when there is a need for, for a, a definition, what they say, this, this person is... A, obviously not an expert. This is obviously not religious. This is obviously not a religion. But maybe those occasions are rare and we should be content with doing things as experts without talking about experts and doing things to religious scholars without defining to start with exactly what religion is. Uh, because then we would sort of be caught uh, in a never-ending story. And it's not very helpful. Um, so I, I, I think you are right, and also you, uh, Yeah, uh, Nevin has been waiting for a while. Uh, uh, thank you. I hope you hear me now better. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> okay. Thank you very much. It's just, yeah. Uh, well, I completely agree with it. It's just in my research as well on on Serbian nationalism and Serbian orthodoxy, uh, with regards to the debate on on experts and who can say anything about religion. Uh, actually, uh, I uh, I have found that the people who have stood up to religious nationalism as it was happening, were discarded because the, because they were experts. So uh, what I'm what I'm suggesting with this introduction into the public debate and 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 taking uh, away uh, elements of attention economy is just if you if we uh, if there is enough experts in uh, in the debate, but not as experts, just as participating in the debate, it it takes away enough of the attention within this attention economy concept that the voice of the populists or or those who would instrumentalize religion for uh, for whatever uh, purpose that that might be uh, might be in their scopes uh, could actually uh, uh, could be beneficial by by simply doing it so uh, and and whether or not is it effective immediately or not I, I, I don't think it's relevant by simply participating in the debate as 
as regular people, not as experts, not as professor, doctors from a university, whatever, by, by simply offering other voices to the debate, uh, the, uh, the uh, I guess, the monopoly of the, of the attention economy uh, by people who uh, are, uh, are talking uh, in a certain way about religion is thus broken, and there are other opinions that that that, that can be brought to the fore, brought to the table, which might uh, which which then in turn might uh, influence the, the the perception of religion and in, in, in the public discourse and so on and so forth. Uh, so what I'm saying is simply uh, because we are experts, we are trained to do this. Uh, uh, type of discussion, uh, but uh, we cannot appear as experts uh, when we enter the discussion because, the, uh, from like like you said in your research, uh, the, the, uh, that uh, that there is a certain anti-intellectualism that comes with with, with populism, and so uh, if that is the case, then do not enter the debate as experts. You, uh, I mean, uh, we can we could write blog posts anonymously, which which influence uh, which uh, which bring forth a certain type of, of thinking, which which breaks the populist, uh, I guess, even monopoly on what is uh, what is considered religion, what is considered Christian, what is considered orthodox. Orthodox, what is considered not orthodox, and uh, that is that, that that and in that sense, I think this this concept of attention economy is really really helpful. And from my own research, it is actually uh, on on, Ser on Serbian nationalism. Uh, uh, it, it has shown that uh, that that it 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 actually it, it, that is the case because the the, the 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 public discourse was filled with nationalist interpretation of religion. Uh, uh, those who presented themselves as experts, uh, saying otherwise, were, were were discarded simply because you know your uh, because the, the the discourse was filled, and people uh, thought they they heard everything there is to hear about religion. Uh, that, and that's where I, where I can stop. Well, that's actually quite an interesting uh, idea. And I wanted, uh, Neven, uh, maybe you can also clarify a few things, because this is a relatively new concept for me. And I wanted to ask your opinion uh, how to kind of position this model with some other models, which we, well, at least uh, I heard from uh, some media studies and sociological studies about how the communication is organized now. And there are a lot of theories and empirical researchers that would argue that there is no such thing as kind of, you know, this uh, monopolistic, like a single space with information where you can be either monopolist or in minority. Instead, uh, a lot of people would argue that there are networks and bubbles of communication which people choose uh, in order to uh, satisfy some prior beliefs and prior uh, attitudes. So basically people kind of, it's a vicious circle when people choose to listen to information which they want to. In, in this sense, if, if we want to combine this model with your model, I think uh, it pushes uh, us to believe that we need some coordination that, you know, if there are many bubbles out there, we need somehow to, co we need coordination to fill all these bubbles with voices of nice and reasonable people. And in this sense, uh, I wonder how, you know, scholarship and research uh, disappears uh, in, instead of uh, social activism. Yeah. So can you reflect of, uh, on this blurred lines of uh, social activism and uh, research and whether such coordination even possible that many, many scholars agree to participate in all these debates 
in all the bubbles uh, that are out there in the world. Uh, uh, well, thank you for giving me the time since I'm not a speaker as such. Uh, but uh, yeah, uh, as, as, as to this idea that people uh, are in their bubbles, uh, I, uh, that, is, that is true. And according to recent research by uh, Professor Margolis from the United States, it's, it's, it's actually the case in religion uh, that, that, it, that she has proven that, uh, that, 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 that political views actually uh, in, uh, precede uh, uh, religious choices in the United States. So, for example, if somebody decides to be a traditionalist Roman Catholic, uh, that uh, that is most likely being influenced by by their or or by their conservative political views. So, uh, and, and and that is, uh, I, I guess that that is where where the real question is. And then you and you hit the nail on the head with it. How do you enter this debate if you if if you have all these bubbles, and 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 how how do you burst these bubbles, or you at least combine them? And I'm, at this point, I, I I don't think I have the model, but at least, um, uh, but uh, but uh, to uh, uh, s s simply to recognize that, that 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 is there, and to be in the public debate. Uh, I mean, because people are are not uh, you know, they're they're not uh, monuments, and they're open probably to hear to uh, a certain type of thinking. And uh, and as to who should do it, I think uh, we are all called to do it because we we are uh, where we are, and we are experts. And we have a, a certain obligation to inform the public, and uh, and who uh, and and whether or not uh, the, the, this this opinion is uh, of high quality or not, I think it, it, it's a trust in in our educational background. Because if our if we are experts in our fields and we have all uh, and we would all trust each other to call each other to conferences, then we could trust each other to write a blog post that would say, "Yeah, no, uh, you're uh, go, uh, going around and and, and killing Mus Muslims in a mosque." Is not a Christian thing to do. You know, you're not uh, you're 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 not a crusader. I mean, uh, if 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 an expert can say that, uh, it, I, I mean, I believe that there is no expert who would say otherwise. That's that's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. I agree. Well, thank you, Nevin, for your uh, contribution. I think uh, we actually uh, arrived to to the time when we can conclude our meeting. But I was wondering if our speakers can. Uh, do some uh, closing remarks uh, before uh, concluding the session with your final uh, brief reflection on, on, on the conversations of, of today. And let's start in the say, I think Paul uh, has uh, to leave soon, so maybe Paul, uh, you can uh, give your final thoughts and, uh, and uh, leave when, when the time um, needs to. Yeah, thanks. Um, um, thanks for a, a very fruitful conversation, everyone. Uh, and um, I would uh, leave with a few words, perhaps, on uh, the last topic of discussion, discussion this uh, about experts and what um, uh, Ulrich mentioned, that our job is not to tell people what to think and what not to think. And I agree fully on that uh, notion. However, uh, I think that also... Um, this view of the expert as someone someone who who only ob obfuscates and allows anything could also lead to um, uh, to disinterest in the public. That uh, our job is also to engage with the public, and that means to try to understand what is going on in the public discourse and that is very time consuming of course but 
uh, one thing that I think is going on right now is that uh, people are being becoming more and more fed up with uh, hearing that anything goes, um, there is no truth and stuff like that, which Patrick has uh, very um, um, uh, exemplified in a very good way in his article. And uh, our job could be to to separate the idea that anything goes by thinking. You can think anything you want. You can believe anything you want. That is your right. Uh, but you can't act anything you want. And there is a huge difference here. And we as expert, experts have to take our part in and also uh, engaging in, in when religion does something bad also to to share our expertise in how to uh, handle uh, thought patterns which which result in uh, negative uh, actions so to speak um, uh, i think i'll leave it there and i thank you everyone for for uh, inviting me here thank you very much uh Yale. I think Paul <laughs> phrased it uh, uh, very eloquently. So I, I don't really have very much to add. Um, I, I really also share this this uh, uh, this this um, to, or to to strike this balance uh, between between uh, um, uh, on on the one hand not 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 being the, <laughs> the old kind of arm, arm not armchair uh, uh, anthropologist religious anthropologist but 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 rather uh, this this attitude of the scholar as this detached uh, relationship to his object. So I, I studied the phenomenon of Sufism. Uh, so on the one hand, we really need to 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 to, to and I think few few scholars of religion. Uh, would have that approach today, uh, but really to, to admit that you're uh, you're part of an ongoing hermeneutic act when when with whatever I mean that goes for for, for scholars of art or or literature, of course, uh, as as well. Uh, that something happens with you as as, as these scholars, the subject when you when you interact and engage with. Uh, with uh, whatever you are, are are studying with, so that on one hand, and that that really prompts this kind of of, of um, humbleness, uh, which I try to call for. But on the other hand, I think it, it's really important uh, what you stress also, Paul. That that does not mean that that we should just be uh, those sitting around listening uh, to how people think. I feel, of course, we have a responsibility to 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 um, to also. Uh, um, well, Contest when when things are are uh, are, are uh, uh, really uh, false or horrendous or whatever, uh, which is made in in name of religion. So good balance, Patrick. I leave it. I leave last words to you. Thank you. Thank you also for this uh, interesting conversation that we have uh, had so far. Uh, I think it will be be going on in, in in other fields in another ways also maybe at other locations, um, and of course you are coloured by what has been said, so it's difficult to 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 do anything else. But I so, and I think that is important also the the part of of the role of the experts and and our role and what can be done and how is the situation and I think. One interesting thing is, for instance, that when, when, when this about anything goes, it seems that it is not true that anything goes. Um, the, the Trump followers would not say that they will accept anybody. They accept Trump, but not anybody. Uh, so it's not that anything goes, but it's just that 
many things goes, and many things goes in a different way than we have been used to it. But it's not, it's not that anything goes, not anybody. We would, we would like this person, we would like Donald and, and, and not Joe. Um, and I think that is one thing that we, we must be train ourselves and encourage ourselves to enter into dialogue and being the capable hermeneutical experts that Jane said, to being able to decipher that and to see what it what is going on now, and also to contribute with a with a voice and saying, well, if you if if we go in this direction, that will have certain consequences. Do you really want that? And of course, there is no guarantee. People maybe want to go to hell, but but there is <laughs> at least the thing we can do is trying to to point out the 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 implications of of, of certain choices. So. So I would say yes. Um, we we need to play our role, and uh, and and and. But the the thing is not to say exactly what people should do, but what we could do and should do maybe is doing more of our, what we actually can do, uh, seeing and analyzing and hermeneutically understand and communicate this understanding, and also being in dialogue about that with people outside our circles. Great. Uh, well, what can I say? Thank you. Thank, uh, thanks to all speakers and thanks to all participants who decided to spend their evening uh, listening to Loon Conversations. And I also thank you on behalf of Torniki Metrevelli, who unfortunately is not here today, but he sends his regards anyway. And um, yeah, please uh, follow the updates on the website. This recording will be uh, uploaded on the blog. And I look forward to uh, further events. Thank you all.